For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. La 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 la. This is supposed to be the drive home podcast where I ramble in my Kia Rio after the gig, but this is the second episode in a row. This has been the Drive 2 podcast. I'm uh, I'm headed to Amity, Oregon, which just when I thought I'd been to every shitty little northwest town. Amity, Oregon. It's near McVin... Yeah, McMinnville. And uh, McMinnville is near Amity. Isn't Amity the town in Jaws? Not Oregon, but Amity meets friendship. Anyway, there's some people at a winery who are paying money to see me tonight. Actually, they're probably not paying money to see me. They're paying money to see a comedian. And I am that comedian. No episode uh, last week because my family was in Disneyland. All five of us left the cats and went to Disneyland. What a trip. An exhausting trip. So much walking and standing. We went to Disneyland for three or four days. We went to uh, Knott's Berry Farm one day. We went to Universal Studios another day. So I think for the week we walked over 50 miles. Uh... You know, my phone was like messaging me like, hey, what's with all the exercise? (laughs) Your habits have changed, fatty. But really fun trip. Uh... I don't like roller coasters that, you know, I never have. I can do it. Like, at Disneyland, a lot of them are disguised. You know what I mean? You're inside. You're in the dark. You're doing shit. But if I'm up in the air in a roller coaster, do not like it. I wish it wasn't true. Any any ride we went on that took a picture of you, I just was, like, crouched with my eyes closed. Because if I can't see it, it's not happening. Any, Anything with a big drop, like we went on a log ride in uh, 
Knott's Berry Farms. It's just eyes closed every time. I would even think, I know they're going to take a picture of me. Keep your eyes open. Couldn't do it. Also, I have a pretty healthy fear of heights. Well, actually, I don't know why I said healthy. It's probably not healthy, but... I don't know why everyone isn't afraid of heights. Like, if you fail, you die. Why do you want to be up there? My first real job was at uh, Peterson's ShopRite grocery store. Got hired as a courtesy clerk. Uh, $4.25 an hour. Minimum wage had just gone up. Gather around, kids. Grandpa's talking. But yeah, I think minimum wage had just gone up from like three eighty-five to four twenty-five, and I was like, "Time to get a job. I'm gonna be rich." I was thinking about that job because that grocery store had an incinerator. We used to just burn shit, and then it would be someone's job to clean out the incinerator. You had to like shovel out all the all the all the soot, all the ashes of, like, burned boxes. But anyway, my very first day at Peterson ShopRite. Maybe because it was my first day and they really wanted to, like, see what I was made of. Uh, they were like, go up and change... The, the lights, you know, like the, the fluorescent lighting on top of the grocery store. I mean, it's grocery store height. I mean, it's a big, tall ceiling. The ladder was enormous. Just had a rock hit my windshield. Do a quick inspection here. I don't think anything cracked. Last time I had a, we'll get back to the grocery store. Last time I had a rock hit my windshield and it did leave a crack, it's very memorable to me. Because it was uh, 2020, COVID times. I was delivering groceries for Walmart because my job was illegal. And it's weird because, you know, you know, my whole career in a way, the whole world is in pandemonium, but also not doing anything. There was, a, you know, it was chaos, but it was the quiet chaos. It was like the chaos of not doing anything. Everything's like shut down in schools and all that. And like, I kind of handled all of it as well as you could, it was just like, 
oh, three months ago I was a nationally touring headliner and now I deliver groceries for Walmart. Okay. Well, it's a pandemic. What are you going to do? Everyone's safe. We're all okay. We're running a homeschool now. Like, I kind of, like, just kind of flowed with all of it. I never, I mean, sure, I would be like, this sucks or whatever, but I never, like, fully... I was just looking at the positive as much as I could. Like, hey, everyone's healthy. Hey, at least I have this job. At least, you know, my early concerns were financial, you know? How am I going to make money? How am I going to, you know, all that stuff. But it's so funny because, like, the my whole life was in chaos. And I was just like, it's okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then one day I was driving and a rock hit my windshield. And uh, there was immediately, like, a crack of an inch or two. And then as the day progressed, it, I don't know, it got to, like, six, eight inches or whatever. And I reacted to that cracked windshield like it was my skull, like a rock had hit my heart and splintered it. I would I freaked the fuck out. You know, like hey, I'm not a comedian anymore. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Okay, worldwide shutdown, pandemic, okay, everything's fine, all right, okay. I was like doing that with my whole life, and then the rock hit my windshield, and I'm like, son of a fucking bitch! This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me! How can I possibly recover from a cracked windshield? Fuck my life! And I guess when you're trying to be okay with the big problems, it's the little ones that sneak in and get you. It wasn't that big a deal. I literally had someone come to my house and fix it. It was covered by insurance. It was not that big a deal. But I just lost my shit. Anyway, first day at Peterson Shop, right? They go, they're like, hey, new guy, go up and, uh, first of all, nice mullet, friend, but go up and change the, you know, 12-foot-long fluorescent light bulbs that are 30 feet in the fucking air on a rickety ladder. Oh, and don't drop one because it'll shatter and kill a grandma who's shopping for green beans. And I was so terrified up on that wobbly ladder. I think I... I was trying to remember. I think I literally had to say... To the person who told me to do it. I tried to do it. And then I literally had to be like, Look, I don't know if I can do this. I have a problem with heights. And they were like, Alright. And then they, they didn't make me do it. Go clean out the incinerator. 
We just burned 48 pounds of recyclable cardboard. Get on in there and scoop it out. Sometimes they had to do the sign out in front of the store that would be like, whatever. Green beans, 89 cents a can. I had to like use that same rickety ass ladder to get up there and do that. I didn't like that either. I don't like heights. But so the ride that got me at Disneyland, the one that just it was so dumb because okay. Like you sit down, it was called Soaring Around the World. And so you sit down and like really it takes you two feet off the ground and then you're looking at this giant screen but it just tilts you different directions so you feel like you're flying. Intellectually, in my brain, I knew I was two feet off the ground. I knew we were in a big room. I knew we weren't actually flying. But I couldn't... My brain... Like, we were doing stuff like you know, flying to the top of the Eiffel Tower and flying down the other side. And it just really felt like I was flying. And I'm fine in airplanes. I'm, you know, I don't, maybe it's just because I'm used to it. I can look out an airplane window and it doesn't do it to me. But this particular ride, the sweat that sprung from my palms was like fucking gravy. I don't, it's how people describe if people have a fear of public speaking, like it's that kind of sweat. I just, I tried to close my eyes for most of it. And then I'd sneak a peek every once in a while. But like, it scared the shit out of me. And I was two feet off the ground in some warehouse. In California land. At Disneyland. Like, my brother's jumped out of an airplane a couple of times. I will never do that. I will... No. Tricking my body into thinking it's dying when it's really not is not fun to me. And that's really what all those rides are. Wouldn't it be hilarious if you were dying? Whee! Put your arms up. Uh, on the day we went to Universal Studios, uh, we went on a ride called The Mummy, and it really, it scared the entire family except for my wife. She's the one who, uh, she would go on any ride, I think. Even those ones that just go like 200 feet in the air and then drop you all the way down, that, no, no thank you. But the mummy scared the fuck out of the whole family. Uh, and it's the only one I've ever been on that went backwards. Like, fast and loops and you're going down and all this stuff. And then, I don't know, you see like, shit, you're, whatever. Maybe the mummy, I can't remember. My eyes were closed for most of it. But then we went backwards. As fast as we went forwards. We, were, we did drops backwards. Scared the shit out of the whole family. We got out of that ride like we had survived a near-death encounter. 
Let me have a little sip of my coffee. Mmm. I actually uh, like my coffee like I like my wind. Like, usually pretty quick in the morning, but in the afternoon you can really take your time. Anyway, Disneyland was really fun. I'm actually, you know, I'm really enjoying my children being older. Twenty-one, fifteen, and twelve uh, are the ages. And it's just, uh, it's just, it's fun to travel when they're not. When you when your kids are little and you're traveling and you got diaper bags and car seats and strollers and wagons and I mean you just see kids screaming and having meltdowns at Disneyland and then the parents looking at the kid like you realize you're gonna inherit this credit card debt when we die. That's how much Disneyland cost. And you're just having a fucking meltdown in front of Sleeping Beauty's castle. And it's nice to not have to do that anymore. Sure, they used to be cuter. But I'm enjoying them being older. I don't know what age it is where you stop being so loud. I mean, my kids, particularly my daughters, are very loud. But, they're not loud like a little kid is loud. We watched uh, Disneyland uh, fireworks show uh, one night, and we were next to this, I think he was five, and of course my mom, or my wife starts chatting up that kid's mom. That's what my wife does kids just shake their head and look at me and go mom made another friend I'm like that's what she does this lady was from Medicine Hat Alberta and I go I've been there she was like you have I'm like yeah but this kid was five and I forgot how goddamn loud five year olds are He was like, we went to the Haunted Mansion, and it was so scary that I almost died. I'm like, little bro, I'm like, right, I'm right here, man. You're three feet from me. When we were, the, some of the paintings, their eyeballs would move like they would watch you. And I was so scared! Sometimes my big brother lets me play his Five Nights at Freddy's video game. And I'm not, my mom said I'm not, it's too scary for me, but I want, she was right! soaring around the world on a ride 
was gonna die. I get it, kid. But you accept that in a small child. You don't, you know, if you met a 35-year-old dude and he was like, Hi, I'm Bob! Nice to... You'd be like, Bob. It's like that old Will Ferrell character on Saturday Night Live. I have no control over the volume of my voice! But no kids do. No little kids do. loud and they're honest. Mommy and Dad were fighting so we decided to come here while they went back to the hotel. Medicine Hat is a real shithole. When you go into Disneyland, uh, I think first we walked through like some sort of I don't know if it was a drug sniffing dog or it was sniffing for something. And then you had to, like, go through a metal detector. But one day when we walked past the dog... Uh, one person... Are they cops? I don't know if they're cops. Security guys? They, they, One security person said to the security guy holding the dog... They go, maybe he has diarrhea because it's so hot. So the rest of the trip, we just uh, made diarrhea jokes. Like, oh no. It's hot out, you guys. You know what that means. Is that a thing, though? Do dogs shit if the weather's hot? that's ever happened to me. I've never been like, got pretty sunburned yesterday, so I was in and out of the toilet all day. But you know, when now that I, as you get older, you feel like your entire childhood is like broken down into like, I don't know, an hour's worth of memories. I remember the summer we did this. I remember this. I remember, I, I know it's more than that, but it, it's still, it does you know all these years and days and hours and minutes and seconds just becomes like a little montage of like this was your childhood and sometimes as a parent I look at my kids and I'm like put please put this in the montage put this in one of the best vacations of your life montage Please replace the memory of the time a Pabst Blue Ribbon beer can rolled off the luggage cart and hit my youngest daughter in the ankle and gave her a bruise for the week. Please replace that memory. With a Disneyland diarrhea dog one. 
I mean, I have gotten diarrhea from hot dogs. So I guess it kind of makes sense. I shit my pants on the mummy. It was so scary. So, yeah, Amity this weekend, Vegas next week, back on my bullshit, but it was a nice, a nice week to really not think about comedy, except for having to respond to emails and that kind of shit, but... I was just talking to my wife about this, because uh, it's, you know, it's sort of a, it's kind of an exciting time here at Gabriel Rutledge Industries. It's just me. Uh, well, like, there's thing, you know, things are changing. Things are... And, like, my world's expanding a little bit. Like, an opportunity and potential opportunity and money and potential money and all that. And, like, I don't know. It's... It's stressful in the way that it's all good, but it's still, you know... In the way that, you know, if you work at a grocery store and then you get promoted to assistant manager, you're like... What a cool opportunity that gives me more money and more this. And then you're like, oh, this is a lot more responsibility. This is a lot more, oh, I have to be in charge of people? You know, at any, anything in your life that is good news or a good opportunity, there's still some like, if not negative, there's just things you have to deal with that come with it. And at the beginning of this year, I have no idea if this is interesting to anyone. That was the original name of this podcast. I have no idea if this is interesting to anyone. <clears throat> but at the beginning of this year, it was sort of like, okay, <clears throat> I, I have some clubs I work. I'm starting to work Vegas a lot. It's sort of my cruise ship on land. The money's better. This is great. If I could make as much money going to a random city for a weekend as I do in Vegas for a week, well, then that changes things, but I don't really see that happening. So this is fun. I'll do my I'll do my Vegas weeks, I'll do some clubs, I'll do a bunch of Northwest shit. Not a bad life, right? But with all these new opportunities and these new expanding things because of social media, I kind of don't know. I don't have a routine. I'm unsettled. I don't know what the future is. Maybe I can make as much money in a random city as I can in Vegas for seven days. I have some club dates coming up. And uh, I'll let you know what happens. <laughs> if no one goes, I'll be like, I guess not. But 
yeah, it's exciting, but it's like, I'm out of my routine. I'm out of my comfort zone in a good way, but also like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm almost 50. Not that that's 112, but it's also like, you start lowering your expectations. At 49, 50 years old, you don't usually, you're not, you know, it changes a little bit from like, I wonder how big this thing's going to get to, well, here we are. I didn't think my 22nd and 23rd years of stand-up comedy were going to be the years that boosted me up a level. Because why would I? (laughs) But, and I don't think I'm at necessarily a place where I don't know. I don't know what the magic social media numbers are. But I do know at the start of this year I had like 7,000 Facebook followers and now I have 55,000. I had, I think, 150,000 TikTok followers and now I have 171. I had 5,000 Instagram followers and now I have 70,000. If that happens again... You know, a lot of it happened because of one video. A lot of it happened because I have a video, that one video that has 23 million plus views on Instagram right now. And obviously that's rare. It's not like, well, my next, you know, (laughs) I've put out four or five videos since that video and none of them have broken 50,000 views. That's just how the algorithm works. But It's not so much like is what I have big enough to like totally change my comedy career, but like if it keeps going at a certain point, it will. And I've never thought this before in my comedy life, but I really wish I had, if not a manager, a booking agent, a personal booking agent, because I'm a little bit out of my depth right now. Like when people call, you know, I've had some emails and phone calls that are like, hey, will you come to our theater in such and such a place and then I go okay and they're like how much would it cost and I say a number and then they're like great and I'm like that probably means that number I said was too low (laughs) I mean ideally the number I say that they agree to should hurt them a little bit instead of great but it's also a number that I don't normally get 
until I see my, you know, a lot of comedians who even listen to this podcast who are way bigger than me on social media. I'm watching what you guys are doing. And I go, I get it, but I'm not willing to do some of that shit. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to like run my own ads and do door deals several times a month. I don't have the capacity to do that. I could do it, but I want to like hang out with my kids and fuck my wife. You got to make sure and get that order correct. But I don't want to do more shit. I want to write more jokes. I don't want to go oh, I got to put up an ad because I'm doing a show in Chicago in three months or how's this other thing doing or, you know. I've sold 20 tickets at this one place but 200 at another place. Why? What's going... I don't want to be... I'm not in marketing. I don't want to study the fucking algorithms. I don't want to, like, know the newest fucking thing that you're supposed to do. Well, it's not that I don't want to know. It's just, it's a lot. And I feel like if I was 32... I'd be like, great. I'll run all this shit by myself. But at uh, 49 and two-thirds, I'm like, yeah! I would love to have a career where I could show up in any town and have people thrilled to see me. But I think I need someone to help me make that happen. Also, maybe I'm too big of a control freak to let that happen. I don't know. No one's offered. So we'll see. I'm already at the Comedy Cellar uh, next year in January, February, March, April, and May. One week, all of those months. Because it's easy. (laughs) You know, it's easy. The money's good and it's easy. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to promote anything. I don't have to... Even the travel itself is easy. Just one nonstop flight each way. And then I go on my walks and eat my free food in the cafeteria. That's appealing to me. I work really hard in comedy. But I don't, you know, I didn't know 50 was getting my big hashtag hustle time.
So we'll see what happens, you know? And comedy money is funny. You know, I've... I know a lot of people are new to this podcast. Uh, That's probably not true. Some people are new to this podcast. And I've been very honest about money. Uh, And my tendency right now is to be a little less honest about money. (laughs) And that's how you can tell I'm making more. Like, if you... (laughs) If you ask a poor person what they make and how, how much they make, they're like, you know, 16, 12 an hour. You ask a really, really rich multimillionaire what they make, they're like, wow, I mean, there's assets, there's liquid. It's really hard to say. Yeah, I do very well. I do, you know. And it's so funny because it's like, to some comedians, what I make right now is uh, beyond the scope of what they're ever going to make or dream to make. And then I know a bunch of comedians who would make the money I make and be like, it would ruin their life. But that's, (laughs) that's what's kind of funny about it. It's like, I just booked a private gig for like 2500 bucks. I didn't want to do it. it. It's an extra flight I have to take. But in my head, I'm like, well, I can't turn down 2500 bucks. But there are a bunch of comedians. And I'm not even talking like Kevin Hart, Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, there are a bunch of comedians who would be like, I would never do a private gig for $2,500. That's, why would you even offer yourself for less than five grand? You know, so it, it's, 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 it's one of those things. It's what you're used to. I heard a clip from, uh, the comedian Bobby Lee, I think. Yeah, that's who it was. And he was talking about some hard financial times in his showbiz career because he does a lot of acting in movies and TV shows. He was on Mad TV back in the day. But he was like, he was saying to someone, you met me at the time I was struggling the most financially. He was like, back then a good weekend was like seven, eight grand at a comedy club. And, uh, I have never in my life made seven or eight grand at a comedy club. I'm still not. But I'm, you know, some of the... I've had some discussions in the green room at the the comedy cellar in Vegas with people who have better careers than me and it's like, you know, they're talking about, oh, I was going to work this one club. They offered me two grand. I was like, two grand? Suck my dick. And I'm like, what was the, um, what was the email for that booker? I'll do two grand. I still get text messages and emails from the Spark delivery app. 
which is the Walmart grocery delivery app. And I could unsubscribe, but I don't want to. Because I kind of like, I kind of like the reminder. Like I'll get, I'll get a text that's like, hey, Spark Drivers. It's going to be an extra busy weekend. Here's some like incentives. Or, hey, we're trying out this new thing on the app where you can take three deliveries at a time instead of two. I like getting the updates. Because I like remembering it wasn't that long ago this was my primary income. And when I get off the phone with someone now and they're like, I'll pay you three grand and I hang up the phone and I go, I should have asked for four. And then I get something from my Spark Delivery app that's like going to be a busy weekend. I'm like, three grand's pretty good. <laughs> oh. Anyway, send me an email if you want to manage me. <laughs> some of the things that I've gotten a lot of emails and one of them, you know, some of them are like, That's one of the reasons I wish I had someone helping me. Is some of them are like, you want to pay me $2,000 to do a show at, at a venue that has the word sandwich in the title? That seems fishy. That doesn't seem realistic that you can do that. But I don't want to do the research. I want someone else to figure out if this is a good deal or not. But some of them are funny. Some of them are like, I got like an email from a theater in the Bay Area that was like, we would love you to come down. And I'm like, oh, shit, a theater in the Bay Area. And I'm like, well, wait, well, what's the details? And they're like, our headliners usually do 20 minutes and get paid $200. And I'm like, oh, yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I got a guy who owns a sandwich shop that's going to give me two grand, so. I got one that said, hey, I would love to work with you somewhere in Texas. And then it was like, I should ask, are you okay with working with burlesque entertainers? And I'm like, I don't, look, I'm not against working with burlesque entertainers. I like out of shape strippers as much as the next guy. But I also, it's not a career goal. One time, dad moved out for like three months. All right, we're going to call that a podcast. I love you, most of you. <laughs>